Good afternoon. Today we're going to do just a few lines of the Mishnah in the beginning of the fifth parak on Daphne Chesim and Basim Masechus Gittin. We have a very, very special guest, my host, actually, Freud. Freud, say hi. Hi, everybody. See, that's Freud. Freud has gone through Shas. He's being modest a few times. It's actually true. And so what I wanted to do was, since everyone's away this week, we will actually be resuming scheduling note on Monday, Bezrat Hashem, and in so doing, we'll be doing thematically very, very relevant kabars. We're going to be start all the way Monday through Thursday of next week is the Agarata having to do with the Chorban Habais, which are gemaras that you can actually learn on Yom Kippur, on uh, Tisha B'Av rather itself. And so Moshe Aziz, you said that you wanted to be on the chat for a little Torah tidbits. There aren't too many deep cuts, but this is definitely one of them. I thought it'd be appropriate since we're going to be in the middle of an Izakin, and we're going to start it without everyone together, just to learn the first few lines in the Mishnah on Ramchesim and Beis. So the Mishnah is discussing Hanizakin Shamin Lahem Beidis. This Nizakin comes into Maseches Gittin, uh, even though it sounds like a lot of Seder and Nizikin, because of the fact that it is continuation of the idea of the Tikkun Olam. We had mentioned in Parakash Alech that one of the Tikkun Olam Gezeras the Chazal did was that to have the Chasimos on the Shtar, we asked why is that Tikkun Olam, maybe it's essential to the Shtar, but be that as it may, we got to that aspect of Tikkun Olam and we've been giving various examples of Tikkun Olam. Here we're talking about monetary Tikkun Olam, different practices that we have. So the first one is Nizakin Shaman Lahem Be'idis. As we analyze this statement, um, it's important to give a little bit of background. First of all, we today live in a society where not only do we deal with money, we hardly even deal with cash money at all uh, either. I just saw Ali Freudenberg go by. He was asking about the concept of money last week, and he was a- a- asking who would ever do such a thing. So it's true that it wasn't always done. Money wasn't always uh, the best currency. They used to be land, as we know, this karka, and of course, metaltalin or bartering, what we might call, right, actual possessions. So it is true that if somebody owes somebody else money, right, so they typically, any time they would pay back with money, even already in time of the Mishnayas, that would always be the ideal. The question is, people don't always have cash on hand, and so it's customary. Let's leave Metaltalin out of it, because when we learn Maseches Kedushin, we're already starting right the second volume of, of the uh, Art Scroll Gemara so, of Forgetting, so we can, it's a spoiler, we could already do spoiler alerts for Kedushin, which you can't get past Kedushin without talking about the monetary value of things and of metaltalin and the like, because you have to be Mekadosh the Isha with Kesef. But be that as it may, what would be the case of these three scenarios where people, somebody owes somebody else money? So let's say somebody owes somebody else money and they have cash on hand. So you say, well, okay, go to their real estate. But the question is, Chazal got granular with it. They did Mipnei Tikkun Olam, which is why this uh, parak is here. Mipnei Tikkun Olam, they dictated how much, what the quality of the real estate ought to be. We know that when it comes to real estate, there are three uh, basic levels of quality, right? What we call idis, betanis, and ziburis. Idis would be the highest quality land, and betanis would be in the middle, obviously, and ziburis would be the lowest. So our Mishnah simply begins, and this is, again, we're just going to do the very beginning of it, but it says, in shaman lahem be'idis. And so we're just going to talk about what the halacha is in these three scenarios and why that would be, and it's really obvious once you say it. Nizakin is damages, right? So if one person damages another... So again, this is a mipneti kun olam chazal takana that in order to compensate somebody who's nizak, they pay back with idis, right? Because of the fact that when somebody, we want to disincentivize injury. In other words, you should be more careful if you can. And if somebody injures, you can, so to speak, say they deserve it, right? In order 
and they deserve that if they were to have to pay, if they were going to be paying back in land, they should pay back with the best land. Okay, that's number one. Um, Number two is Uval Chov Bebeninus. Uval Chov is somebody who borrows. So when you borrow money and you pay it back, so let's say you're out of money, then you have to pay back with real estate. So there, in the case of Balchov, it's a fascinating idea where we have a balance, right? On the one hand, if we made uh, a Balchov only pay with Ziburus, right? If somebody who, is, who needs to pay back a loan could pay with his uh, cheapest land, then maybe people will be disincentivized to lend. We always want to encourage people to be able to lend. On the other hand, there's, of course, a tension there because if the person who is the creditor, the person who lent the money, right, was able to always collect idis, then as we will see in the Gemara over the next few days, those people have the uh, ability sometimes to take advantage, right, in these, uh, in these cash advance type situations they have the opportunity to take advantage by gouging the person who is in a vulnerable state and needs to borrow money and taking their best land. And they may do so in, in an effort to do the best land. So since there's a balance, you want to sort of balance the two incentives, we're going to put it right in the middle and we do Babaininus. Ksuvas Isha has a machlokas. Uh, the Tanakhama says Beziburis. Amazingly, Ksuvas Isha Beziburis. So Tosfos uh, quotes our Gemara and then quotes a Gemara later and basically says, why should Ksubas Isha be busy burst? Now we learned Masechus Ksubas already, so we know that a woman, right, upon the termination of a marriage in, in a lawful case of, um, right, of death or divorce gets to collect the Ksuba. Now when she collects the Ksuba, she would collect money, but if there's no money, she would collect right, land, she would also collect the real estate. Why does she get the Ziburis? So one possibility might say is like, she's lucky to get it, she was lucky to be married, she's getting the Ksuba, she shouldn't complain. Um, Tosa says a fascinating thing, uh, it's to discourage gold diggers. If the woman got, what we call the gold diggers, if the woman got the opportunity to collect Idis every time, they may actually get into a marriage in order to extract Idis land from somebody in, in the Ksuba. Uh, and Rameir says, Afksubas Ishabibainus. And again, that makes uh, some sense in the context of what we were saying. Into marriage and, and, and cause a divorce, right? She'll, she'll want to get divorced just to collect the, the idiots, I think Tosa says. Well, that's what Tosa is saying. That's what I meant by gold digger. I guess not so many people are, have the uh, Urban Dictionary open in front of them. That's what a gold digger does. Andrew, um, Andrew Freud, the original Freud, uh, Jason is pointing out that this is what a gold digger does. They're getting into the marriage intentionally with, uh, and they have you could say the power, so to speak, to force, a, or to force the guy to want to divorce, right, through their behavior. And in so doing, they'll get the ksuba. So you say, oh, we're trying to protect the women, we're trying to give them idis. Okay, but there's innocent and non-innocence on both sides, and so therein lies the, uh, the balance. So Shikach Freud for, for explaining that. Um, now, okay, now, I said, uh, I said that with regards to, now I, I mentioned that all of these were for, uh, were for tikkun olam, right? Uh, that's not necessarily, right, obvious, but that's what the first Tosfus, we'll see the first Tosfus on Chesem Beis says, So that's what I said over here, right? That in other words, because we were learning in Perak HaSholech, the idea of Tikkun Olam, that's why Perak HaNizakim here, right? So Tanalei Hachav, get Pasha, the Tanalei Vavastra, 
right? And he says there happens to be a parallel because in Baba Basra we have a, a parallel called Get Pashut. And he says that's, that's, and he gives the reason why we have it over there. Okay, but be that as it may, um, the Mishnah didn't explicitly say that these things were for Bipnei but that seems uh, definitely implied in context. But here, now we're, now we're already saying beyond that, Another thing, what are Nechasim Mishubadim? So we know that when a person does business dealings, once you do a business dealing, so does that mean that because you have that business deal, you can't do business with any of the other assets or any of the other real estate? That wouldn't be fair to do, right? That's not a fair expectation. It, life has to go on. It's not like it locks up all of your other assets. So you, so you can do with other assets. But, you know, if a guy is doing really, really well and he's selling a lot of things at once, so then he may find himself in a situation where if somebody else were to come to collect uh, for, or for, for another asset that, or another right, uh, debt, that he doesn't have the assets in cash in hand at that point. And so we know, and we'll get into this in greater detail, there's something called Nechazim Mishubadim where you can go to add any assets that you dealt with after, right? After the, uh, let's say somebody owes money. So after he borrowed that money, he did, with, he did a business dealing, but he sent off another piece of land, sold off another piece of land. Then the person who lent him the money can go to the person who, right, was the Nechazim Mishubadim who actually bought the land from him and collect from that land. But certainly as our missionary says, that any time the original person, right, who did the, the original transaction, any time that that person who owes money has any land of any kind available, cash in hand, so to speak, or real estate in hand, liquid, as it were, so any time they have that, of course, you would collect from that before you go to any, uh, any mishubadim, right, any land that was already sold off, and that obviously is in order to reduce, right, uh, to, to encourage commerce, right, to reduce the scenarios where people are buying and selling and then having to have their, uh, whatever they bought seized, we want to reduce that as much as possible, that even though you could see something that was bought, and again, the only reason really you could do that is because there's a call, right? These are only in situations where it's a buyer beware situation where the second person who purchased certainly knew that there was a possibility that there was a pre-existing lien. And so he was doing it wide, wide open, but by the same token, he was doing it with the hopes that the, the money w- wouldn't be taken away. And certainly makes sense that the right of first refusal or the right to, to a first seizure, seizure should be from whatever is liquid. And finally, we'll stop here for it. And that seems to make sense, right? That if you're taking from Yosomim, so now you have a situation where you have somebody who uh, passed away, right, and bequeathed uh, land with debts to the Yosomim, the scenario in which Yosomim have to pay back debts is in itself something that's more complicated in this discussion, but obviously you, they never uh, incurred the debt on their own, and therefore in that case, it would only stand to reason that when you're taking the money from them, you would take only from the Zibur. So it's just a taste of the beginning of Parakani Zakin and Bizocha to, uh, by the time we get there next week, to be learning, and Tisha B'Av will be a holiday for us by then with the coming of Mashiach. Thank you again for your great hospitality for it. And by the way, a happy anniversary to you and Shira, a beautiful union if there ever was one. Thank you for your hospitality. And Bazrat Hashem, we'll be in touch with everybody next week.